Welcome to the Forest Path Podcast, a podcast sharing the teachings of awakened meditation masters of the modern era. These translated teachings have been made into a podcast format for your convenience so that you can listen to teachings direct on your mobile device via your favorite podcasting app and listen wherever you are. This episode is a talk given by the Thai forest meditation master Ajahn Tate and it's titled Sati Protects the Chitta. A quick note on translation. In this talk, the Pali word Sati will be used extensively and this means mindfulness. Also, the word Chitta is used a lot and this refers to the mind or heart. This talk gives instructions on how mindfulness, sati, can be used to protect the mind, chitta, and to ultimately see its true nature. This teaching was translated by Stephen Taylor and was made available for free distribution in the publication Words of the Master, which was published in 2023. You can find links to the original text in the show notes below. May you all benefit from hearing this gift of Dhamma. Sati Protects the Chitta by Arjantet Focus your attention on the chitta. When we practice meditation, we rely on sati. Sati is important. Consistently focus mindfulness on the chitta. Confine your attention to the chitta. When you see the chitta, focus your attention there and then you will understand what this desana is about. This chitta is the only thing that you need to take care of. Nothing else matters. The chitta is superior to the sense organs and every part of the body. It rushes about all over the place and delivers anxiety, worry, pain and suffering. This is all because of the chitta. If we take care of the chitta and have it behave with propriety, it will see the suffering and white-hot trouble that it brings, and when we do, these things will cease. Happiness will be achieved. In so much as we do not understand the chitta, not having sati there to protect it, the chitta flits from one form of suffering to another, It stays in this state until it understands what's going on. When it does understand what is happening, happiness follows. At present, it does not have a clue as to what is going on, so it continues to flit about. This is why the chitta is our number one priority for care and protection. Every aspect of meditation converges on this single spot, the chitta. So you only have one thing to take care of. I want you to earnestly and sincerely protect your chitta. Right now, we are going to sit in meditation and listen to a desana. We are going to take control of the chitta and place it in a cocoon of sati. Sati is the one that watches over the chitta. When the chitta rests in the cocoon of sati, job done. Sati is the one who continually protects and cares for the chitta. Sati is mindfulness. The chitta is the one who thinks, who ruminates, who flits about. In these circumstances, this is how we define sati. 
If there was no chitta, there would be no sati. If there was no sati, there would be no chitta. In truth, they are one and the same, but they exhibit different characteristics. They have different functions. Sati is like a nursemaid. The chitta is like a toddler. Sati looks after the chitta all the time. The nursemaid has to be watchful of the naughty child, else it may get into trouble or fall and hurt itself. Whatever happens, one must maintain sati. The nursemaid must be ever-present. Before the toddler can face danger, a little time must be spent raising the child. Several years may pass as the child grows up. When some maturity has been reached, there are other things to look out for, such as being mischievous and playing around all the time. One must guard against these things. This is necessary because you are still dealing with a child. Caution must be exercised at all times as the child develops through teenage years and onwards. When it misbehaves badly, sati must be applied constantly until the child is grown up. Sati must be aware from the very first thought right through to the flitting around and the chasing down of every possible avenue for suffering. Sati must provide non-stop protection. As far as the child is concerned, it has a physical body, and when we cocoon the chitta with sati, it's like it too has a body. It becomes clear to see. Whether the chitta is at home or away or running around all over the place, all becomes crystal clear. It really does seem to have an embodiment. When we look after the chitta and cocoon it with sati firmly established, it will converge into a single spot, the heart. That is to say, it will be centred. Then it has no whereabouts. Wherever this singularity is encountered, that is where the heart is, right there. It is neither inside or outside, above or below. The heart is centred. Where is it? right in the middle. Train sati to cocoon the chitta so that it consistently reaches the singularity. Then it will gradually obtain the strength and ability to investigate various things. It will be able to overcome and extinguish all manner of suffering. There is no possibility that inflamed passion or anxiety could arise. Right now, we are not centred and so we cannot let go of the suffering. Suffering is anxiety, trouble and strife. In our state of delusion, happiness is seen as pleasure, but this doesn't lead to the singularity, ever. When you have reached the singularity, whatever suffering is, you will know suffering. You will be able to cast aside suffering. You won't be fooled by happiness and pleasure won't intoxicate you. You will be centred. You won't be happy or discontent or confused. You won't suffer. Sati is one thing. The chitta is one thing. Sati cocoons the chitta. When they come together in this way, they become the heart, singular. There is nothing more important than the heart. The chitta breaks out from the heart. If there is no heart, there is no chitta. Wherever there is a chitta, there is a heart. Wherever the heart is, that's where the chitta is. This is where you will find them. 
to all intents and purposes, they are defined in the same way. So why did the Lord Buddha call it the heart? Why did he call it the chitta? He explained that the heart is a singularity that does not go flitting about. It has no evil or unwholesome thoughts. It does not think about merit or anything else for that matter. The heart is centred, and that's it. It has nothing. It does not think. It does not rationalise. It does not invent. It does not embellish. Because of this, it does not give rise to panya, wisdom. Put this aside for a moment and stick with being centred. Panya arising or not arising is not the point. Before you reach the point of singularity, you have to use an enormous amount of panya. You must investigate every aspect of every worldly theme with all the force that you can muster. At this stage, panya has been used extensively. When every avenue has been exhaustively investigated, the singularity is entered. People think that this singularity has no panya, but in reality, panya has been used extensively in order to get there. When centred, there is no activity. If you want to get a feel for what it is like to be centred, just try this exercise. Give it a go. Hold your breath for just a second. There's no activity. There is stillness and awareness of stillness. There's no thinking or pondering, but there is an awareness that there is no thinking. There is no flitting about, going backwards and forwards. There is no consideration of what is wholesome and what is unwholesome at all. The one aware of the stillness, that is the singularity, that is the heart. But it's only momentarily there as we hold our breath. When you latch onto this, you will be able to say, this is the heart. The time comes when this state breaks up. It becomes the chitta when it starts staggering about thinking. Sati still envelopes and tends to the chitta. This emphasis is then on washing away all unwholesome states, relinquishing phenomena that lead to poor karmic results. That which is meritorious and virtuous must also be abandoned. Merit is no longer wanted. Unwholesomeness is not wanted. This allows you to reach the singularity again. If you still hold to merit, you won't become centred. If you want for unwholesome states, then you won't become centred. It is when you give up both of these conditions that you become centred. So exercise panya extensively and develop skillful ways of investigation until you reach the heart. It is natural for the heart and the chitta to engage with each other. The chitta enters the state that is the heart but stays for only a short time and then it is off again. It's off busying itself with things, as is its want. But if we have sati firmly established and aware of what is the heart and what is the chitta, when the chitta is naughty, chasing after various objects, we will comprehend what is happening. Comprehending here means to abandon whatever is no good. When you get rid of all that is no good, you revert to being centred again. When you practice Samadhi Bhavana, meditation, if you practice in this manner often and consistently, you won't get exhausted 
racing off after the chitta, which has no rest station, no break. Racing around does not work. Explore until all avenues of investigation have been exhausted. If you get this right, you will be back for more, back to the heart. If you get this wrong, you will be running flat out in a gigantic way. No matter what, I want you to understand what it means to consistently reach the heart. Achieving the peace and quiet associated with being at one is the best kind of work. Even if there is no panya, take whatever you can get. Accept this for the time being. Accept the peace and quiet. If you are steadfast in your practice, these things will happen by themselves. Have no fear. Don't be afraid that the chitta will stop thinking. Don't be afraid your imagination will be gone. Thinking, pondering and imagining, your understanding will keep pace with them if you have been able to reach the heart. This is the kind of work you have put in to train in meditation. It doesn't matter whether it is anapanasati, meditation on the breath, maranasati, meditation on death, or buddho, repetition of a mantra, or whatever meditation subject you use. Their purpose is to take you to the heart. Their purpose is to develop and the protection of sati. If you cannot have sati protect the heart, or if the protection isn't fixed, it does not matter what else happens. It will be completely useless. We only have one chitta associated with this body, and it is the most important thing there is. Everyone across the world is the same, each with their own chitta. This is where all the turmoil comes from. If everyone looked after their own chitta, there wouldn't be any turmoil. There would be nothing but contentment. If everyone cared for their own chitta and had sati protected, this would be sufficient. The reason for turmoil, confusion and entanglement is a lack of understanding of our own heart. When none of us take care of our heart, there is greed and animosity cutting through everything. All this arises from the heart, just the heart. So what has the heart got? Does loba, greed, creep into the heart? How could loba get there? Where does dosa, anger, come into things? Does this reside in the heart? Is there moha, delusion, in the heart? I don't see where there is a strong place for these in the heart. I don't see the heart as having substance. So what has it got? The heart is a void. It is empty. It has no substance. People think loba, dosa and moha are good things, but what is good about them? Anger, greed, delusion. People think themselves wonderful because of having these traits. They consider themselves to be good people. But what is good about them? How can they be wonderful? All they have are troubles and strife. For example, our possessions. Loba makes us greedy for them. What is that all about? You want to eat, consume or use them. And what is it that makes use of these possessions? It is the body, which gets large, fat and obese, isn't it? You don't see a problem with that, but old people are decaying by the day. The same is true for dosa and mana, conceit or pride. 
False views arise, but you think that they are the real thing. You believe there is a self, a me, a them, in corporeality. Manaditi, conceited false views, have arisen and are held on to stubbornly. What is this about? You don't see a problem with this. Does this corporeal body not grow and expand? Is it now better, more special than the old one? Is it younger and prettier than the old one? Or what's the deal if the body is not more beautiful? If all you have is a sullen look, a disfigured face, or the countenance of a demon or the devil, isn't it better just to live a good life? Moha, delusion, is no different. Before Loba can arise, there has to be Moha, delusion. After Moha appears, greed, animosity and misunderstanding occur. I implore you to investigate and see this for yourself. When you have managed to achieve this, job done. Moha, dosa and manaditi will cease. There will be a void, empty of anything. You dwell indifferent to everything. Isn't this better? Get to the heart, the singularity. You will be happy, in good health, and nothing will threaten you. There will be no inconvenience wherever you go. You won't be attached to the world. People with dosa and manaditi are completely attached. They won't give in and will be troubled wherever they go. I implore you to investigate in this manner. If you examine things in the right way, this way your chitta will converge and become the heart. That's it for now. Investigate in this way. That concludes the Dhamma teaching, Sati Protects the Chitta, by the Venerable Arjun Tate. If you'd like to hear more talks by Venerable Arjun Tate and other meditation masters of the forest tradition of Theravada Buddhism, subscribe to the Forest Path podcast using your favorite podcast app. This teaching by Arjun Tate was translated by Stephen Towler and produced by Upeka PTYLTD and is made available for free distribution. According to the tradition, Dharma should not be sold like goods in the marketplace. Permission to reproduce this publication in any way for free distribution as a gift of Dhamma is hereby granted and no further permission need be obtained. However, when using, copying or in any way reproducing material in this publication, the source must be cited and fully acknowledged. Reproduction and or distribution in any way for commercial gain or fundraising is strictly prohibited. You can find out more about the Forest Path podcast by going to the link in the description below this episode, where you can find information about previous episodes and teachers, as well as English translations in text. The Forest Path Podcast is part of the Everyday Dharma Network. If you go to the everydaydharma.net homepage, you can discover more about the three other podcasts on the network also. This podcast is produced and narrated by Sol Hannah. If you'd like these audio resources that I'm making available for free in a convenient podcast format, you may want to become a supporter uh, or even a member of the Everyday Dharma Network on the Ko-Fi Creators platform. There are links in the show notes below. Thanks for listening. May you all experience insight 
and peace. Thank you.